From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we're learning from our esteemed veteran registered investment advisor, Adam Morse, and our human economic database and fearless CIO, Michael French. Today, we're talking about the difference between mutual funds and ETFs, and which one might be better for your investment. It's a pretty short and sweet one, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Okay, let's get to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Recovering. Just Recovering from what? From the beating Adam gave me last <laughs> last week in our still cage recovering. match. Yeah. Yeah, it's still been recovering. a good week. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> enjoyed it He's just here. been walking around strutting. That's I'm right. proud of his, well, that's his typical, victory. That's yeah. typical. Yeah. Typical yeah. Adam. Mm-hmm. Typical mm-hmm. Adam. So today we're going to do um, just basically defining two different things that will be a lead up to the next episode. So today we're talking about um, the difference between mutual funds and ETFs. Michael, let's just get right into it. Uh, what, how, how do we define what a mutual fund is in, in contrast to an ETF? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. We need to set some guardrails to define what it is we're talking about. Okay. So a mutual fund and ETF, both of them are pooled investment products, which just is a way of saying a lot of different people have put in some money and then a, a manager has taken that man- money and gone and invested it and purchased a lot of stock. So instead of you owning one share of Apple and one share of Amazon, one share of, you own uh, a share of the mutual fund, which is then invested in all those things. Um, right. For the purposes of this discussion, uh, we are going to be focusing on index mutual funds. So index mutual funds and index ETFs. So there are actively managed mutual funds. We're not really going to be discussing those. We're not going to be talking about uh, ETFs that are, highly leveraged and betting on the volatility index or anything like that. So it's basically a pooled investment vehicle. Um, they typically have between a hundred, sorry, and 5,000 securities within this fund. And um, they're both regulated by the same security laws. So both ETFs and mutual funds regulated by the same uh, security laws. So, okay. right. so the, the difference Ultimately, um, if you look at an index, we always talk about the S&P 500. So if you look at the Vanguard 500 fund and then you look at Spider. You know, the, yeah, exactly. Um, and the comparable ETF, the underlying investments are going to be pretty much the same. Yep. Um, a lot of the differences come in how the how the ETF or how the fund is compensated. So where am I paying my fees uh-huh. and also how they're traded. So one of the big differences is an ETF is is traded just like an individual stock. So if I log into my you know Schwab account or my Ameritrade account, that ETF is being updated minute to minute with a real-time price. And if I hit buy or I hit sell, that order is filled the minute I, I place it. So once I sell an ETF position, shares of an ETF, they're gone. An index fund, when I buy or sell, I'm not actually selling to the end buyer right? I'm actually selling it back to the fund. So the fund is, and there's a lot of laws that go into that and they have to have a certain amount of cash on hand to fulfill, you know, redemption orders or, and whatnot. But when I sell shares of an index fund, I don't get the price at that moment. I get whatever the price is at the close of market that day. So okay. when I sell my ETF, 
I get that price, I know exactly what I got from that sell. An index fund, I'm selling it back to the fund at whatever the agreed upon market price is for it at the end of that day. So I don't actually know what I got for it until the end of that day. So okay. how does that matter? Well, if you're if you're a day trader type person, you might care about, you know, you might care about the cents or dollars difference. Trading during the middle of the day. Right. So yeah. if I if I sell an ETF and I know I wanted this price for it, like if I have a, a, a market order at this price or a limit order, I care that I get that price when I sell because I'm selling for a reason. Index fund, you don't have that kind of finite control. You know, when I if I place order at 10 a.m. and the, the price is 100 bucks, it might be 98 by the time it settles. At the end of the day, it might be 102. You just don't know. Um, also, difference in trading an index fund because the fund is actually managing that and they have the cash on hand to redeem my order. The cash basically is available the next day. So if I sell a million dollars worth of a position of an index fund. That cash, that million dollars in proceeds is in my account the next morning. Right. Okay. An ETF takes three days to settle. It's called T plus three. I trade one day, three days later, I get the proceeds from it. So that's one of the drawbacks. If you're someone that, um, you know, needs high liquidity, right? If you have a, a lot of liabilities and you're covering, you need a lot of cash flow, that's something to be aware of. ETFs are a little bit more difficult in that sense. You just need to be aware of it so that you can work that three-day period in. Right. So there's some implications to what he just said. Okay. Um, we'll get into this. Like, what you know, should I buy one or the other? Right. The answer depends on an investor. But, um, for instance, what he just said, the mutual fund, I'm going to sell it back to the mutual fund. What does the mutual fund have to do in order to have cash to you the next day? They have to have cash. So that money is not invested. and It's considered a cash drag. So let's say a mutual fund and an ETF are both invested exactly trying to track the same index. We use the S&P 500 because people are familiar with it. Well, the ETF is invested you know, virtually all of their money, the shares of the S&P 500, uh, the mutual fund might have a, not large, but a relatively large cash position that is being held back um, so that they can pay people who need money at the end of the day. Um, so if markets go up, they didn't get to participate fully in that. If markets go down, they were not penalized by that. So it's called a cash drag, and if markets are going up, it is a cash drag. Um, the other thing is, just to clarify, index funds aren't, uh, I'm sorry, ETFs aren't closed-ended in the, in the sense that if more and more people want to buy an, an index fund, sorry, want to buy an ETF yeah. and all the shares have, have been, are being traded, um, the ETF can go out and create uh, they have a mechanism to create more um, shares, which is unique. Um, it, it allows them to then go out uh, and allow more people to participate in whatever the strategy is that's successful. So uh, if if a lot of people want to get into a strategy, it's not, well, we only, it's not Bitcoin. Well, we only created a thousand units. Therefore, there are only 1,000 units, and the price is getting bid up. Um, eventually, there can be 2,000 units or however many. Which also means, uh, typically speaking, ETFs have lower minimums. 
So yep. you can go buy an ETF for five dollars. Um, a lot of if you go on Vanguard right now, a lot of their funds have you know two thousand dollar minimums, five thousand dollar minimums, just because of the cost involved to because they don't have that mechanism, the, the the process by which to get that money in, it really doesn't make any sense for you or the fund to invest less than that just because of the, the structure of it. Right. Um, so that, again, is one of the benefits of ETFs. Uh, you could set up a, a very well-diversified, uh, globalized portfolio for 1000 bucks, right? Um, whereas with index funds, it might require a little bit higher capital amount just to be able to overcome you know, that initial friction cost. So, so I think the question people are going to want to know is which one's right, right? Which one's right? Yeah, that's the thing everybody will say, well, what should I do? If you tried to answer that in a form like this, it'd be silly because it'd be akin to walking into a car dealership and saying, you know, right. which car should I buy? Well, how many people are in your family? Do you haul stuff? Do you need a truck? Do you need, what, what do you yeah. need? Um, so the thing, one of the things to, to define is what are your constraints as an individual and what are your goals? What are your objectives? Um, but to believe that there's going to be an answer where we're like, oh, you should always buy ETFs. Oh, you should always buy mutual funds. Uh, Jack Bogle passed away. He's the founder of Vanguard, passed away recently. But uh, there, he did an interview several years ago uh, where he was talking about ETFs. And he was like, look, I'm not opposed to ETFs. If you have an ETF that is really trying to mirror the S&P 500 or you have a mutual fund that's trying to mirror the S&P 500 and they're really just consistent to their objective, it really doesn't matter which one you buy. They're both going to essentially accomplish the same objective. And so the really there's some details in how they're traded and things like leverage and whether or not you want to focus on a sector. They, whether you have tax implications that may make one more appropriate than the other for individual investors, um, but there is not a one-size-fits-all answer to this question. Right. And also how the fees are paid. Uh, yeah. That's something to be aware of, too. Yeah. Typically, index funds, they're going to have what's called an expense ratio, which is basically a percentage of the amount of, of money you have in the fund. Um more typically on the active side, but there can be front-end loads, meaning a one-time percentage fee to get in, um, wrap fees, things like that. So a little bit more complex. But when we're talking about index funds, more times than not, it's going to be a relatively low expense ratio. So uh, on top of a trade cost. So I buy, I get in um, for you know whatever the cost may be, five bucks, twenty bucks, ten bucks. Those costs are coming down in this environment, but you pay a trade cost to the custodian and then to the fund. You're paying that expense ratio uh, on an ETF. Many of them are free to trade. That's one of the benefits. So you again, if you're you know more of a day trader, if you're in and out of positions, uh, which kind of would make sense with ETFs. But if you're doing that and you have high liquidity needs, you might like that free that free trade cost, um, and then you're still going to pay you know a, a commission within the ETF um, uh, on an ongoing basis for the the construction of that vehicle. Uh, but it really is like Michael said, it's on the fringes. So to keep it simple, learn what those differences are. Look at what you're you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but the much more important thing to be aware of, in my opinion, is 
what is the ETF or index fund tracking? And is that appropriate for your, your portfolio? That's where most of your energy and most of the discussion should go, not to you know, ETF or index fund. Right. Find what, what sector or what asset class you want to track. And then for your situation, pick an ETF or index fund. Agreed. Simple enough. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to add on? I don't think so. That covers it. Okay. Thank you guys. See you in a couple. Absolutely. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.